Father, thank you so much for this day. God, thank you so much just, man, for you. God, and what you stand for, Lord, love, man, just mercy, grace, God, that we, that we do not always just deserve, but you still give it anyway. You are faithful even when we are not. God, I ask that you just speak through me today, Lord, with my story, and that, God, uh, hearts can be softened, and, Lord, people can come to know you today. Thank you so much. In your holy name we pray. Amen. So today's message, it's called Dying Twice, a testimony. It's my testimony, if you couldn't have figured that out by now. (laughs) So I'm just going to kind of start from the beginning and just kind of tell you guys a story about God's redemption, God's love. So buckle up. I hope you guys enjoy it. So I did not grow up in church. You know, uh, growing up, you know, I didn't even really know who Jesus was. You know, um, there was God. I heard about God. And later on in life, I'd heard about Jesus. But growing up in my household, there was no mention of it. Um, I kind of, we just kind of, my mom would tell me stories about how she used to go to church when she was a kid. And then the church kind of separated and she just never went again. And my dad never really talked about church either. I don't think he's ever really been to church. He's been, he's been here, though, so shout out to you, Dad, for coming here when you came back. At nine years old, my parents got divorced. Um, it was hard, you know. One thing that my household never did was we really never talked about emotions very much. We didn't really talk about how to process what life was, what the events of going on around you, what it would do to you. That never happened. We would just just kind of, hey, you know what? That happened. We're just going to shove it down, and that's it. There's going to be nothing talked about. There's going to be no, no. Hey, this is how I'm feeling. Hey, how do you, how do you handle this? Um, and you know what? I think that just kind of came from both my parents' backgrounds. So when they got divorced when I was nine years old, I didn't really know how to handle it. And it was funny because at the time, my best friend, his name's Kyle. Uh, his parents got divorced about a year later. It was crazy. So you know. Talk about God's timing, just an interesting thing how he put me and Kyle together to just kind of handle that together. And, you know, even though we didn't really know how because we're 9 and 10 years old, like, it was cool because I had someone there with me. Um, So there was no true emotional support there when I was growing up. And what it did to me was is I kind of became this just weird in-between. I don't know if you guys can understand that, but it was just weird emotional in-between where... I understood what emotions were, understood happy, sad, overjoyed, all that kind of thing, but I didn't really know how to, like, express it. It was just all internal. It was, everything was internal for me, and I was always a people pleaser, so I didn't want to tell people how I felt or maybe something that made me feel bad or sad or maybe I was angry, and I just never knew how to express it, so I never did. So with that, I kind of grew up being a punk kid. <laughs> If I'm being honest with you, you know, as I kind of grew up into my preteen years, you know, um, I started to just kind of go do my own thing. And my parents just kind of let me. And it kind of set me up for this, this illusion in a way, this illusion of like nothing really matters around me. You know, I, I care about people, but it's actually more for my own well-being. You know, it's for, it's for me. It's not for you. Um, and as time went on, I just kind of... I don't know, it just got worse and worse. And I was, at one point in my life, I was known as the guy who had no opinion, which is weird, right? Like, that's AJ. That's the guy who just goes with the flow. He has no opinion on anything. And even though 
underneath, I was sitting there being angry at people. I was sitting there being hurt by people. I was sitting there being sad. And I think people could see it on me, but they just didn't approach me about it because it's one of those weird things where, hey, how do we communicate about this? No one really knew. And that's kind of a revolving theme about how I ended up where I was. So at 16 years old, I started drinking. Um, and it was heavy. I started drinking heavy. And, you know, growing up, you know, I thought that was the cool thing to do. You know, I was like, oh, yeah, man, that's what all 16-year-olds do. You know, they slam the whiskey. You know, they slam the vodka in, in, in a Hawaiian punch. <laughs> Anybody remember the, that? Because I do. And it makes me about sick every time I think about it. <laughs> you know, and that's what I did. You know, every single weekend, I had a job. And I would, I would go and literally spend all my money, all of it, on alcohol and fast food. That was it. That was all that mattered to 16-year-old AJ was being drunk with his friends. And it was sad because there'd be times where, you know, I'd have fun, right? I'd be drinking and I'd have fun, laughing, you know, letting loose. But then there'd always be those times where I'd have too much, and that's when the, that's when the truth would come out. That's when I would cry. That's when I'd get sad. That's when I would remember that I hadn't processed the fact that my parents got divorced when I was nine years old. That's when I would, I would start to try to process, oh, hey, you hurt me. But it was in a place where I wasn't coherent. So from nine years old all the way up to until 16, I had all this pent-up just emotion. And I didn't know what to do with it, so it came out when I was drinking. I had a specific moment. And this is all before I knew God, remember that. Just, I guess, a little quick preface here. I didn't actually come to know Christ until I was about 21. So this is a long road before I even knew who Jesus was. I was out with my friends. We were at a friend's house. And this is, this is just an insane moment in my life. And it, it still gives me goosebumps just thinking about it. But I was drinking, like usual, any other weekend. And what happened was is... Well, I wasn't really feeling that whiskey, right? I just kept drinking it and drinking it and drinking it and drinking it. And before you know it, I was gone. Don't remember it. But my friend said that I started getting sick, like usual. Like, oh, it's just AJ getting sick. No big deal. Well, then I stopped responding. Wasn't breathing. Started just foaming at the mouth. And I don't, I don't remember any of this, none of it. And they were freaking out. They were like, man, he's about to die. Like, I mean, he's, he's literally about to die. They went into another room and just talked about it for a minute, and just left me laying there by myself, <laughs> which is ridiculous. But, but they're like, hey, we, we, need to, we need to have like a game plan here, what we're going to do with this guy. He's about to literally die. So they leave the room for what they told me was a couple minutes. Again, I don't remember a single thing. And they came back. And what happened is I was laying on my back, and I was calm. And, and uh, j just a few minutes before, I was literally foaming at the mouth, getting sick. Like, I mean, literally, it's like I was having seizures or something. That's what they said. That's what they told me. So I'm laying on my back. I'm calm. I'm just looking at the ceiling. And they said, AJ, hey, hey, are you okay? Are you okay? And then all I said was, I see God. And then I went to sleep. That was at 17, I think, 17 years old. <laughs> that was a moment, a moment that made me stop and made me think even at that age. What is life? What is this thing that I'm just walking through, stumbling through? What is this thing that I've not even thought about? What is it? Why am I doing this to myself? 
it actually caused a brief stint of what I would like to call ignorant faith. <laughs> I was about 17, 18 years old. I started making music. I was in a band, a metal band. I was the singer of it. And um, it was kind of one of the biggest passions of my life. You know, we went around and played everywhere. It was a blast. Sometimes I still miss it to this day. But it, I started writing about this God that I didn't even know. I had a song that I wrote it was called 1312. It was about Romans 1312 because it was one of the first verses I ever read in the Bible. And uh, I, don't, I don't have it up on the screen, but uh, I do remember it. it's uh, the night is far spent, the day is at hand, therefore cast off the works of darkness and put on the armor of light. And it's just, it stood out to me. And I thought, what, what does that really mean? I don't know, but I, I, I like this. What, what is this feeling that I'm feeling right now? And it just kind of turned into this brief, interesting stint where my friends and I, we would try to read the Bible, wouldn't understand a word of what it was saying, <laughs> had no clue what it was. But there was, once again, God, he was popping his head into my life and saying, hey, here I am. And I had no idea what he was doing, had no clue. Now, at the time, I had a girlfriend. Um, and hindsight allowed me to see that women were clearly my idol. They were, they were easily my idol in my life. I mean, no doubt about it. That's all my value is in. You know, I, I needed that relationship, you know, because then if, you know, if she was doing okay, then I'm doing okay. That's how it was. Or if she's great, I'm great. But if she's bad, then I'm really bad. That's how it was. And so I'm going through this little stint of, like, this ignorant faith, right? I'm in this band. I'm doing shows and stuff, having a good time. Well, then I broke up with my girlfriend, <laughs> and this is, this is how I knew women were idle, because I, I was with this girl for about three years, I think, two and a half, two and a half years. And <laughs> I immediately, I mean, and I mean, people thought we were going to get married. I mean, that's how, that's how serious it was. And, uh, you know, like her, I remember her mother saying, hey, that's, that's my son-in-law. And uh, I ended up ending that relationship soon after graduation of high school because I thought there was more out there. That's what I said. There's more out there which meant I just don't want to be tied down. I'm freaking out and panicking. That's what it was. Um, and about two months later, I think, yeah, two or three months later, I ended up being with another girl. Um, and that was a rough time in my life, and that kind of leads me into this re realizing that I had no true purpose in what I was doing at that time, no true purpose in my life. I was just running from, from thing to thing, not, not even thinking, I was running from girl to girl, just trying to find value in a, in a relationship. And what happened was is she ended up leaving me, and that just wrecked me. You know, it's like it's almost as if it came around. It came around that, you know, I was with this relationship with this other girl, and then this other one comes around, and now she's, she leaves me. And it kind of left me in a place where I lost my job. <laughs> it's crazy. I lost my job. She broke up with me. I mean, my mom... <laughs> This, this is, shout out mom if you see this, but um, she's not one to usually kind of talk to me and, like, actually, like, hey, how are you actually doing? But, like, she saw how worn down I was, and at the time, I'm probably, like, 19 at this point, and she's like, hey, like, are you okay? Like, she could see that I was, I was just down and out. Um, so, yeah, I ended up just not having a job, no money. I was just kind of laying in bed for months, honestly. And, you know, in this story, this isn't the first time that happens. If anything, it gets worse later on. Um, so <laughs> there I was, laying there, 
And it's funny because even though I was sad, there was still this, this part of me that was searching, searching for whatever this, whatever this life is, this life that I've been given. What, what, what is this thing that I can't stop thinking about now? I can't stop thinking about what is the meaning of life? What am I doing? What, what does tomorrow mean? What does is, what is, what is 20 years from now mean? You know, and I just had all these questions I was asking myself, but I was in a place emotionally where I just couldn't handle it, though. So I just lay there, just lay there and just be sad. And it, it led to a deeper sadness because I couldn't, <laughs> I couldn't figure out why I couldn't just get up and go do life. I just couldn't do it. And that's when I had a friend of mine called me. And, uh, he was a friend that was in my band I was in. Uh, he was one of my best friends. And at the time, he lived in Fort Wayne. Um, and now I'm about 20. I'm 20 years old. You know, I'd, I'd kind of gotten around to doing a little bit of work here and there. And I was just scraping by, living at my mom's house, super sad, lonely, not really doing much of anything. <laughs> he calls me up, and he goes, hey, man, how are you doing? I'm like, dude, terrible. Life is terrible. And he's like, hey, why don't you come to Fort Wayne? I'm like, okay. So I come there for a weekend, and then I end up never leaving. I just stayed there. I just ended up living in Fort Wayne. And uh, while I was in Fort Wayne, <laughs> this is, this is I, lived, I lived in the dorms of, of, of IPFW. Just lived there. Had nowhere to go, no job yet. Just lived there, <laughs> which is uh, something I would not recommend you do because <laughs> you could definitely get in trouble for that. <laughs> so that was the only option I had. I lived in the IPFW dorms, and uh, I was searching around for a job. I found a job, worked there for a little bit. You know, things were kind of looking up a little bit, but then we had my friend, he had to move out of the, out of the dorms. And so we were like, okay, well, once again, this is another God moment without even realizing it's a God moment. But uh, we were, we were going to be homeless. We, we literally had nowhere to go. Like, I mean, we're talking like a week or two out of like having to be out of these dorms. And he, he goes, hey, man, uh, there's a guy that we used to play music with from Warsaw, and he lives in Fort Wayne. I said, oh, that's cool. And he said that we can go live with him for free. And, by the way, his wife is, like, three months pregnant. So these two people, that they, they have no idea how much it meant to me, and they still don't to this day, that, I mean, they, they, they allowed us to stay in that house while she was pregnant for free for almost an entire year so that we could get some money around to get our own place. And that was such an amazing small moment in life that, like, looking back in hindsight, I'm like, man, that's one of those moments where, like, you don't get to tell people how appreciative you are, but man, what an incredible moment that was, and it still means, it means so much to me, it can make me cry. Um. <laughs> so, living in Fort Wayne now, about 20, 21 years old, and I'm still having this question, man, what is life? At this point, I'm working at the mall in Fort Wayne, if you guys have been there, if I don't know if you guys have ever heard of a store called Zoomies, that was my place, hey, um, that's where I worked at. Um, I started at a skate shop, and then I, I ended up moving there. And uh, this kind of leads me to how I found this place, which is it's, it's, it's pretty insane. So at the time, I'm still questioning life. I'm still going, man, why is it that like, I'm not happy? I'm, I'm in my own place now. I've managed to move. You know, I kind of graduated from <laughs> laying on a bed to at least working a couple jobs. And I'm doing, at least I'm doing something. 
but that something still wasn't filling anything. It wasn't, it just, it was empty still. And I kept running, kept running to alcohol, still kept drinking, going to bars with my friends now, because now I'm 21, now I can do that. <laughs> and where it led me to was, once again, and this is what I was talking about earlier, more sadness, deeper sadness. You know, I became depressed because I started not seeing people anymore. I started to stop talking to people. I actually had a small network of friends I just stopped kind of talking to. Even my roommate at the time, we were like best friends since like third grade. Stopped talking to him. I wouldn't see him for days on end. Wouldn't speak to anybody, and I didn't understand it. And I just, I literally felt like I was a zombie. This is, I'm not kidding when I say this. It was probably, let's see, I would go until about 6 or 7 p.m. every day without anything besides cigarettes and caffeine. And that's, that's if I could afford caffeine. I would just smoke cigarettes, maybe drink some water, not eat. And, I mean, it was just, it was sad. And if there was any sort of food I would buy, I'd just go and buy, like, McDonald's every day and just try to survive off of that. But, and, and what's crazy is I didn't even realize what I was living in. I was living in this constant cycle of just sadness. <laughs> and... It's, this, is, this is so gross, but it's, so, but it's true. I'm just going to be honest with you guys. I mean, it got to a point where I was just doing the same thing over and over again that I would just pile up bags of fast food next to my bed. Didn't even care. Didn't even notice it because I, I, I didn't care. I was just like, hey, this is life, whatever. Like, I guess I'm just sad. I'll just deal with it. I'll just eat my McDouble. <laughs> you know? <laughs> it's funny, but, it, you know, it's, it's one of those things, like, that's just how I dealt with life. And so there I am. I'm, so at this point, I'm literally just sitting and living and laying in my own filth. It's terrible. I mean, it, it's sad. I wasn't even aware of my situation at all. I was just blind, just doing what, doing what I was told to do. And this is where the title of my testimony comes in, Dying Twice. I wasn't aware of the situation I was in. I didn't know Jesus yet. I, didn't, I wasn't aware that there was a possibility of dying twice. And for those of you who don't know what that means, I'll talk to you more about it here in a little bit. So the depression just kept on getting heavier and heavier. I was still working two jobs, trying to make ends meet. I wasn't able to keep up with rent. I had to ask my roommate all the time, hey, man, can you cover this? Can you cover that? Can you cover this? Can you cover that? And, you know, eventually, you know, he... <laughs> He, he was so good to me. He was. And, you know, once again, that's another God thing where he just put people in my life that were willing to love me through, through anything. And essentially, he was showing me Jesus without showing me Jesus directly with, through people. And it was just so cool. But I finally got to the point where I, I, I had verbally said, I want to die. And, and, and I think I felt that way for a long time. But I wasn't willing to actually say it because I, don't think I, could, I, I didn't think I could deal with the weight of saying that. Because one thing that was instilled in me since I was a kid was someone has it worse than you, so it doesn't matter. And so there I was in my car one night, got back from my third shift job, just sitting in my car, smoking cigarettes, <laughs> because that's all I did, man. I just smoked so many cigarettes, just one after the other, after the other, after the other, because that's all I had to do. And I finally just, to myself, just sitting in my car, I just finally said, I want to die. And then I started crying because I was like, finally, I just let this thing out. And I felt the weight of it. And it was heavy. And it sucked. 
but I was at least willing to be honest with myself. That's what I thought. At least I'm being honest with myself now. I don't want to be alive anymore. I just want to just get this over with. This live thing, I'm over it. At the time, I'm still working at the mall. And uh, this is God's timing. So there's about 10 minutes left on a shift. 10 minutes or so. Not, not a whole lot of time. And a girl walks in. And I just knew. I just knew, hey, I'm going to date her. <laughs> I just knew it. So, you know, ended up getting her information and talking to her for a little bit. And then she invited me to church. And I was like, huh, I've never really been to church. Um, I'm open to it. I'll go. And that's when I came here. <laughs> I came here in, what is it, late 2016. Um, so, yeah, she invited me to church. We started dating. Um, we were together for, I believe, nearly two years. Um, and I don't know. It was just one of those things where I, I finally had found a place that people loved me. People really loved me. The first time I walked through those doors, I knew it was meant to be <laughs> because I came in. People were so welcoming. But the probably the part that sealed the deal for me that I knew I was kind of supposed to be here was when the pastor uh, walked up to me and, and asked me if I, if I knew NSYNC. <laughs> and I said, uh, yeah. And then he challenged me to a lyrics to Dirty Pop by NSYNC. And, and we've been friends ever since. <laughs> so, so, um, so anyways, so yes, we were dating. Uh, and I just kept coming. And I started listening. And I, I kept coming for, I mean, sure, it started as just like, hey, hey I'm with this girl. So I'm just going to keep coming because that's just, you know, hey, I'm going to be a good boyfriend. That's what I'm going to do. But then I kept coming for different reasons. It started to develop into, oh, it's because of the people. And then I loved, you know, there's so many of you I can look at right now. You were there from the beginning. Dang it. I'm going to try not to cry. Um, so, you know, they just loved me. And they didn't even know who I was. And they just kept going, you know, we're going to love this guy. So it started with the people. And then. I started truly listening to the message because, I, again, I didn't know Jesus. I, at that point, I might have heard of him, but I didn't really know who he was. Um, I started to learn. I started to actually, like, I didn't take notes or anything crazy like that, but, I mean, I started getting these answers that I was, I was always asking from that time when I was sad, when I was, you know, 17 and 18, and then, again, when I was 20, 21, I started having these answers, and I started going, man, this was that deep thing I've been missing. This was it. I was missing it, and I finally, it's in front of me. Now, at the time, or the, the, you know, the relationship I was in, it wasn't being done right. You know, I was still very new. I know at, at this point, I wouldn't even say I was saved yet. I was just, I was, I was close. I was, I was right on the edge of being saved. And it was an exciting time. It was very exciting. And, I mean, I just, I couldn't get enough of this. I lived in Fort Wayne at the time still, and I would drive 40, 45 minutes multiple times a week to come to just life groups, to come uh, just do whatever I could. I mean, I just, I just, I wanted to keep coming. And I remember my friend being like, dude, where are you going? Where You've been gone, like, all the time. And I was like, dude, I've just been at this church. And he's like, okay. <laughs> I was like, yeah, man. So, uh <laughs> It was just cool, man, because I think people started to see the changes even then. That's even before I was saved. And um, 
So yes, the relationship wasn't being done right. And within that relationship, that's when I became saved. I, I committed my life to Christ. Um, you know, it was a, such a cool moment. Oh, oh thank you. Thank you. Um, and it was such a cool moment because it was just one of those things where it just clicked. I just knew this is what I want. This is what I've been missing. This is everything that I needed. And it was cool because I remember uh, we had this life group. It was called Edge. Um, every day, giving everything. Um, <laughs> I loved it. It was so fun. I'd go there every single week. And uh, I just remember sitting there one day, and, you know, they were like, hey, you know, does anybody have anything? And I remember just, you know, kind of had the spirit, you know, poking at me like, hey, you should say something. So I was like, hey, uh, I'm a Christian now. And it was just cool because they're like, what? Like, and it was just this cool celebration and I just remember being so just overjoyed. Now, this is when I started to learn some other lessons, though. The relationship ended probably not, I mean, I wouldn't say super, not like it wasn't like soon after I, I had become saved, but it was probably a good half a year or so, maybe a little longer than the relationship ended. And I didn't understand at the time. I was like, why? Why would this happen? You know, I, I just finally found God. You know, you know, I'm starting to believe in this Jesus guy. I'm starting to follow him. I'm starting to understand him a little bit. So why is this being taken away from me now? I don't understand. Why would this happen? And I was hurt. I was hurt by God. I didn't understand. I left for a few months. <laughs> I just couldn't, I couldn't be around. It was hard. Um... And during that time, you know, I kind of went back to who I used to be before I found the church, before I found this place. You know, I was going off with friends, drinking again, doing all this dumb crap. I probably shouldn't say that up here, but oh well. And I was just being, yeah, I was just being dumb. Back to the drinking, back to the smoking, doing all this dumb stuff. And eventually, it was cool because once again, this showed the heart of the church and what it's supposed to be like. You guys started reaching out to me. <laughs> I was gone, and you guys said, hey, where are you? Where you been? We miss you. And I could tell it wasn't out of anger. It was out of love, and that meant something to me. So a couple months went by or so. I, <laughs> I could have swore it was only like one month, but everyone else was like, no, nah, dude, you were gone for like two or three months. <laughs> so I was like, oh, well, clearly it makes sense. I was so... Um, <laughs> so no wonder I didn't remember but um, so I ended up coming back and I was yeah I was mad at God and even though I was mad at God because of the love of his people I came back and I was welcomed back with such open arms and I just knew I couldn't leave ever again I couldn't and I haven't <laughs> since then I've been back ever since time heals it does and you know, for a long time, it was hard to be around, and I had to get used to, you know, because, you know, we had to see each other still, but we got used to it. Um, it's a pretty cool little testimony in itself how people can still coexist within a church. It's really cool, um, even now, um, and so time heals, guys. You know, if there's anybody out there that's hurting, that has been hurt by, by God, if you've, if you've been hurt by God or if you've been hurt by the church, you know, time does heal. Um, <laughs> what a cool thing he did. A um, couple, I'd say probably almost a year went by, 
after I came back, and God gave me back what I, he gave me back what I wanted. I was in another relationship, and this was the first one I'd actually done right, and it was a beautiful relationship. It was great, and even though that relationship is no longer anymore, it taught me a lot, and it just showed me God's faithfulness. And I be and man, this is and the fact that I'm standing up here talking to you guys, being able to talk about this is unbelievable to me. Because AJ, who is 16, would have never thought of you standing up on a stage in a church telling a story, ever, never ever. And that's part of it, part of his redemption, part of his love. I I started to become more involved. You know, I, it's funny how this stuff works. You know. You know, Tim, you know, Tim asked me, I think one day, and I think, yeah, him and Todd both asked me, like, hey, man, like, you know, I know you have a music background, you know, do you want to mix, mix some sound for us? And I was like, yeah, sure, why not? And, you know, that's how it started. And then before you know it, got a little more involved, got a little more involved, got a little more involved. And, and God was just honorable to that. I kept taking these small little steps that I didn't even realize I was taking, and it was just so beautiful. And even now, it, it leads me to where I am now. Like I said, I'm up here on a stage getting to tell you guys my story. <laughs> it's an, I, I would have never thought. Amen. Now, when I was hurt and I had all these things happen and I was struggling to come back at first, I had to come to a realization that there still needs to be a reason why I'm coming back. And what I settled on is Jesus. That's it. I came back because of Jesus. He had done something to me that I could never take. He, I, I couldn't redo it. He, I couldn't take it back. My commitment to that was, was permanent, and it still is to this day. And that's why I came back, because his love and, the, and his people, it's everything that Jesus stands for. I, I, couldn't, I couldn't not come back. I couldn't, I couldn't stop walking the other way. I had to turn around and come back. And that's why it brings me to here, where I'm here today with you guys. I'm changed, man. I'm different. <laughs> you know, again, I, I don't even understand how I got here. You know, I went from a kid, a punk kid, to, you know, kind of having, <laughs> doesn't know how to talk about his feelings, to being sad about life and idolizing women, to <laughs> some you know, quote, rock star, trying to live the rock star life. I mean, I just, he, I, I was taken to all these different places, and I think it was to mold me into who I am now because I can reach different people with my message. And it's beautiful. Um, <laughs> it can make me emotional because, again, I, I, I was never meant to be up here. And, you know, and to encourage all of you who are sitting in here today, <laughs> it's God is not done with you. He never is. It's a journey, and you'd be amazed at what he can do with you when you just give a little bit of faith, just a little, because that's what I did over and over again, just little small steps of faith, and he did so much with it, which leads me to here. I want to share a verse with you guys. It's 2 Peter 1, 3 through 11, and it's, it kind of has something. It, it goes along with my, my story as far as when I was saved. And I want to give you guys a challenge, but I also want to give you guys hope. And that's what this, that's what this verse does. 
It says, His divine power has granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us to his own glory and excellence, by which he was granted to us his precious and very great promises, his promises, so that through them you may become partakers of the divine nature, having escaped from the corruption that is in the world because of sinful desire. He pulled me out of it, guys. That's what he did. He pulled me out of my corruption. For this very reason, make every effort to supplement your faith with virtue and virtue with knowledge and knowledge with self-control and self-control with steadfastness and steadfastness with godliness and godliness with brotherly affection and brotherly affection with what? Love. For if these qualities are yours and are increasing, they keep you from being ineffective or unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. For whoever lacks these qualities is so nearsighted that he is blind, having forgotten that he was cleansed from his former sins. Therefore, brothers, be all the more diligent to confirm your calling and election. For if you practice these qualities, you will never fall. For in this way, there will be richly provided for you an entrance into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. He's honorable. God is honorable. There were so many times that I was not and he still was. I was not faithful to him, but he still honored me when I didn't deserve it. Even now, standing up on this stage, getting to tell my story, there's been so many times where I've not been faithful to him, but yet he still is honorable to me to allow me to stand up here and speak. He keeps his promises. He told me he had a plan for me, and here I am still. At any point, I could have said, no, I'm done. I could have said, nope. Even now, from I kind of stopped my story at, you know, when I first kind of was saved, and then, you know, I kind of I got to be more involved. There's been so much that's happened since then in my walk, in my journey from the last six, five, six years. But it's all been a beautiful picture painted by his grace, his mercy, the fact that he tells me, he promises me that there is a plan for me, that there's good for me. He is the God of hope. When I was hopeless, he provided hope. Even when I didn't even notice, I didn't notice, I didn't realize it yet. There were so many times when I just wanted, like I said, I wanted to die at one point. And I said, man, what is this? What is life? And he still, he gave me just enough to keep going, to hang on, to keep on going. Even if that's all he could do. Because here I am, I'm still here. He's a good father. He's a good, good father. He has taken such good care of me. When I'm just a punk kid, even at 27 now, because trust me, I'm still a punk kid at 27 years old. I can tell you that much right now. I'm telling you. <laughs> um, he still takes care of me. I He lets me throw my fits, and then he goes, are you done? <laughs> he gives hope to the hopeless. I was hopeless for a long time. I didn't understand life. I didn't understand what God, I didn't understand God. I didn't understand what there was to like pursue in this life. I didn't understand that there was a deeper meaning. And what did he do? He gave me that hope to someone who was hopeless. If there's anybody out there that feels hopeless today, I promise you there's hope in Jesus Christ. He transforms the worst of these. I've done a lot of bad things in my life. I might have not mentioned all of them during today's message, but 
I've done a lot of bad things in my life. I've been very selfish. I've been very mean to people. You know, I've been very, I, you know, I'm a person who can be manipulative. I can be all those things. And in some ways, that is the worst of them. <laughs> but he transformed me. That's not who I am anymore. That's just the sin in me. I'm a different creature. You know, if you guys have been around, you know, Todd's been talking about being a different creature after you're saved. And that's, it, it stands true. Mandy's going to come up and play some music. And I want to tell you guys the gospel. Because all this leading into the, where my life was, where I started, where I ended up here now, there was one thing that started it all, and that was the gospel. Hearing the gospel, hearing what, what that really is, is what really got me thinking when I was first on the verge of becoming a Christian, when I was first listening and learning. So I'm going to go ahead and tell you that. God created everything. He created it, and it was good. And then Adam and Eve, they walked with God. He created them, and it was all good and perfect. There was no sin. None of that existed yet. It was all good. And then Adam and Eve, they decided that they wanted to become their own God. They said, God, you told us not to take a bite out of this apple. Well, we're going to do it anyway. And that's when sin was created. And in that moment, we were separated from God. We could no longer be a part of God because God is perfect. And he can't be anything, a part of anything that is not perfect. So we were separated. There's hope in this message. If no one's heard this message before, there is hope in it. So during that time, he had to give us, a, he had to provide a different way for us now. That's when Jesus Christ was born. He was human. He's fully God, fully man. He existed. He came down, lived a perfect life, showed us how to live, gave us a blueprint of how to live this life and live it fully. And that's a promise that God said. That's another promise that God makes, that he can give you life and give it to the full. And Jesus said, this is how you do it. And then he did one of the most miraculous things. He died for every single one of my sins and every single one of your sins, past, present, future. He died on the cross, and then three days later, he came back from the dead. And it was a, what we call a divine transaction. He took his perfect life and sacrificed it so that we could put our faith in him, and we don't have to no longer be worried about where we're going after we die. If you confess with your lips and believe in your heart that Jesus Christ is Lord, you'll be saved, period. That's it. It's a life changer. It's <laughs> God's love is transformational, guys. I'm a different person. And if you've been a part of this church, I'm sure you can look around and see people who are different too. And it's all because of just putting your faith in Jesus. That's all it is. It's all it's about. There's going to be people up here to pray for you. I suggest you take this time serious, guys. Whether you know that whether you are saved or you're not saved, this is a time that is so important. It's a time of praise. It's a time of pain even. Maybe you need prayer for something. I, man, I just, that's one thing I can tell you guys real quick that I just remembered, man. Some of the most important times in my life is when I decided to do altar <laughs> because it freed me freed me from my sins. 
It freed me from having to hold on to things that I didn't want to hold on to anymore. So take this time serious. Again, it's a time of praise. It's a time to get prayer. If anyone has hard hearts out there, man, let it go. It's not worth it. I suggest that you guys take this time serious and actually think about your faith, your life, where you're at. You know, do you need to repent? Do you need to repent of sins? That's important. Do you guys need to just, maybe you're in a good place. Worship. That's also part of this. You can worship him. Either way, I suggest that you guys do not leave without the assurance that, you know, like Todd says, if for, God forbid you get hit by a bus when you leave here, that you know where you're going. Like I said, there's going to be people up here to pray for you. I suggest you take that serious and come get some prayer. It's needed. And if you guys are okay, man, show people. Show people your joy. That's one thing that, man, we can struggle with sometimes, right? Show people your joy and the fact that you are in a good place. You know, it doesn't always have to be somber, sad time. You know, there can be people getting prayer, but you can be just as joyful praising God in this time. I challenge you today, whether it's praising Him or getting prayer, take it serious. I love you guys. Thank you for listening. Don't walk out here the same. Love you.